All right, everyone. Welcome to the Department 12 podcast, the podcast where we talk about IO psych stuff. And uh, tonight we are talking to an IO psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Butina. And today we're talking to Dr. Nikki Blacksmith. Nikki, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So uh, you've published a lot, but I wanted to talk to you today about uh, one of your recent papers about technology-enabled interviewing. But before we get into that, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I got my master's at um, University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Originally went into the program thinking I wanted to go applied, but they were pretty heavy on research, quite a rigorous program, and got me really excited about the research. Um, I spent probably like five years um, doing consulting work after that and some applied research at Gallup, but really wanted to get back into the research, the basic research. So I decided to go back and get my PhD, which um, I got from the George Washington University. And right now I am doing a postdoc research fellowship with the Army Research Institute. And I am an adjunct at American University as well. Oh, very cool. Well, congratulations. Um, so the, the study that I wanted to talk to you about is about technology-enabled interviewing. So could you just talk a little bit about what the study was and what you found? Sure. Um, so my co-authors and I, John Wilford and um, Tara Barron, both from George Washington University, the three of us, we conducted a meta-analysis of technology-mediated interviews. We went into it um, wanting to explore how technology affected interview performance and applicant reactions. Um, we hypothesized that, um, you know, because it changes the communication that's more natural in a um, in-person situation, that it would um, obviously influence um, how people behave in the interview and, and therefore would in, uh, influence in outcomes. So, for example... Um, video interviews, they have um, a limited visual space, right? Mm -hmm. And you can only, you can see the person, but when you're seeing the person, you're not necessarily looking at the camera. So the eye contact is a um, yeah. little off. Sometimes there's um, like lags in the communication. So you don't mm -hmm. know when to interrupt the other person or when to speak. And it can create kind of an awkward communication style. And even though it's probably attributed to the technology, um, the interviewer might think that this person is just not so great at tech, uh, communication skills because they're not looking them in the eye. They're kind of interrupting at inappropriate times during the conversation. Um, and therefore, that could hurt their performance ratings. Um, another example is, you know, inter UEs, they really want to perform well, right? They have a really high motivation to do well in interviews because mm -hmm. they want the job. Sure. But um, let's say they're on the telephone. They cannot see the interviewers. So typical behaviors that they would do, impression management behaviors, such as looking at the interview, agreeing, you know, smiling, nodding mm -hmm. when they say something, um, they can't do that. And so they don't know how to necessarily react or the tone of voice they should use, things like that. So it can be really frustrating for applicants and they might feel like they didn't have the chance to perform in that interview. Yeah, that makes sense. I can kind of relate to that from doing these podcast interviews because all you really have is the audio and you throw in an mm-hmm every now and again and you hope <laughs> that the person knows that you're still listening, but it's 
it's really hard to keep a natural conversation going without those cues. So I can kind of understand their frustration. So if I'm an IO practitioner or researcher out there, uh, what are the takeaways from the study? What did you find? So we found that um, interview ratings and applicant reactions were lower in technology media interviews. That's not the biggest takeaway, I don't think. You know, we yeah. only had 12 studies in the meta-analysis, and I think, to me, that was the biggest takeaway, is that uh, there was so little research out there. I spent an entire day at, um, I think it was the National Communication Association, because we thought there might be some um, work in that area, you know, with technology communication, and we went through, like, manual conference, because they didn't have them digitally for some reason, like, every conference program and literally found nothing. Um, and we just dug and we had to email people for these studies and there was just so little out there. And the ones that were out there were like from 2008, 2007, um, you know, quite a few years back. And if you think about video interviews, they're just now recently becoming mainstream five years ago. Um, technology was still evolving to, you know, make it something that could be, really available to everybody. So that, I think that was my biggest takeaway is that we really don't know a lot about the modern interview. A lot of the studies in IL psychology are all based on, um, in-person interviews, face-to-face interviews. And I'm not confident that we can generalize those findings Mm -hmm. to the modern interview because there's just so many different, um, factors when you add in the technology. Um, so I think, for me, the biggest takeaway or maybe uh, hope, I guess, is that researchers start looking at this more systematically. Um, and what we did notice, too, which was the studies that did look at this, um, they pretty much categorized interviews as technology interviews or um, in-person interviews. And so if it's or they might break it up into video and telephone. But for the most part, video interviews might not all be the same, right? So yeah. when I interview with Gallup, I went in in my video interview, I was in a conference room with a giant screen talking mm-hmm. to somebody that would be, a, you know, who was in a different location. You can also have the um, Skype interviews. Um, and then those types of interviews, you typically have like a picture and picture video. Uh, a colleague of mine is um, doing some research, not yet published, but he is looking at that, right? Because Think about doing an interview and you're looking at yourself the entire time that might create some anxiety or, you know, might become self-conscious and that could influence behavior. And there's just so many differences, even within a single type, that we really just don't know. So I think going forward, um, there really needs to be like unifying framework that doesn't just look at the mode of communication, but the attributes of the communication. So yeah. that way we can synthesize and bring our research together and, and have a better understanding. Because right now, if you think about the video interview that were in those studies in 2004, can you compare those to a video interview in 2016? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, in 2004, I remember the video conferencing technology was just, just awful. I mean, it was, it was almost unbearable. And now, like you said, we have such a wide variety. We have everything from, you know, Skype to, you know, a more sophisticated room-based uh, video conferencing. And it makes sense that there would be differences between those. It doesn't make sense to lump them all together as 
as video interviewing. Um, so any graduate students listening, uh, if you're looking for topics, uh, things to research, this would be, I think, a pretty good one to think about. Uh, as far as takeaways for practitioners or HR folks or hiring managers, do you think it's fair to say that if you're interviewing multiple people for a job and you're comparing performance on interviews, you know, from one set of candidates who are video interviewing and another face to face, that it's not necessarily a fair comparison to make? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hesitant to give any sort of um, advice to practitioners because of what I just said that we know so little, but I am pretty confident saying that that should be evaluated. There could potentially be some fairness issues. So, you know, if you think about technology, for one, you know, video interviews, access to the internet, that could have a relationship with, you know, socioeconomic status because they might not have as much availability or a high-tech technology, so that could influence it. Um, and like our study found, there are differences between those. So if the interview on the video is measuring, you know, focused on communication skills and measuring something a little bit different than the in-person interview, that can be an unfair situation. So yeah. my takeaway or advice would be to start systematically collecting data and looking at that continuously over time to make sure that there aren't these fairness issues that are coming up. I, we don't know if they yeah. are. But definitely start logging, you know, information about the types of interviews, ratings, so that it can be looked at across, you know, um, some of the protected classes, for example. That, that makes sense. Now, we did have a couple of questions from Twitter, and I think I probably know the answer based on what you just said. You know, we haven't even gotten around to doing any uh, any serious research on, on more modern video conferencing technology, but... Uh, are you aware of anybody that's done any research on even more recent things like facial recognition technology and things like that? Or is that just completely uncharted territory? Um, I am aware of a couple things happening. So um, I think I recently read a paper in JAP where they were looking at eye tracking um, to assess interviewers. So they basically had a control group where it's just a regular, I think it was a video interview or like a simulated interview. And then, um, they had an, another, uh, interview, same situation, except the only difference was the applicant that was being interviewed had a scar on their face. Hmm. And so they were able to look at the, um, where the person was looking while they were being interviewed or the, while they were interviewing the applicant yeah. and the, interviewers that had the people with the scar on the face tended to look at the scar more than other places during the interview. And because wow. of that, they were, they remembered less about the applicant later on. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one. We'll have to look that one up. And uh, if I can find the link to that, I'll put that in the show notes. So could you tell okay. us a little, uh, just something about you that might surprise us? That was probably the hardest question you've asked me. <laughs> um, I tend to just work on IO psychology stuff all day, every day. But I think the one thing that surprises people most about me is that I'm actually half Mexican. My last name doesn't exactly give that away. Um, and I, my mom, you know, she came here from Mexico when she was about 17. Okay. And I was the first person in my family to get a bachelor's degree, which is pretty exciting for yeah. our family. Um to know where they came from and where we are today. So I think that surprises most people. 
Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So in today's show notes, listeners, I will have uh, contact information for Nikki, links to the articles we discussed, uh, especially the meta-analysis that uh, Nikki and her co-authors worked on. And um, I thank you for tuning in, and I just want to thank Nikki for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking to you. Great. Thanks for having me. 